study uh, on uh, the mind, uh, having a sound mind in an insane world, or insanity, or sound mind. We began that study. We'll be going about eight Sundays on that. Somebody gave me a cartoon this morning from Frank and Ernest. If you want some good theology, why Frank and Ernest will give you out of the comics. It says, I'm constantly changing my mind. The other one says, trying to find one that works. So, this is the generation in which we live. Very encouraged. I see all the folks that are here this morning. I'm not sure whether you are trying to keep your sanity and you want to get a handle on it or where you want to make sure you get your seat before the morning service. So, I like to think you have spiritual motivation. <laughs> Someone uh, handed me this. It's uh, a philosophy for life. And uh, says, keep your thoughts positive because your thoughts become your words. Keep your words positive because your words become your actions. Keep your actions positive because your actions become your habits. Keep your habits positive because your habits become your character. Keep your character positive because your character becomes your destiny. And uh, I changed it a little because they they did a little bit of uh, substitution for words. It says, uh, keep your habits positive because your habits become your values. Keep your values positive because your values become your destiny. Values is not a Bible word. It's one our generation is substituted for character. Values might be anything that the school has taught you. Your character is what God says you are. And you say amen. So uh, there's a lot of philosophy, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, thought there. Second Timothy 1.7, I need somebody to get that for me. Uh, Bill Lamb's going to get that. I need somebody to get for me Philippians 4, 6. And this is Dennis. And so uh, we want to uh, open this. There was a film uh, some years ago uh, about a man in a mental institution. I think the name of it was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And uh, it noted, I'm not sure all that uh, the theme of it, but it noted that uh, the, the essence was that they're not sure whether the people inside or outside are the ones that are crazy or the ones that are there, the ones in charge of the ones that are crazy. And so uh, the one thing for sure, that there's enough unsettling events in everyday life to keep you constantly bombarded with fears for the future, and if you're going to keep some semblance of sanity, you're going to have to deal with your anxiety. So we're going to deal uh, this morning with the anxious mind. We want our key text, Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Bill Lamb will read that for us. He doesn't. I do occasionally. The reason I quit is because they all became um, they all became psychi- psychiatrists and politicians, and so I uh, I quit reading the funnies. It used to be, you know, uh, I could understand Popeye and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Lil Abner. I could understand that, but when it got into these subtle. Uh, I tell you when I quit uh, reading them is uh, in Australia, when I went to Australia. In Australia, they have uh, they have some New Zealand humor. It's called uh, Foot Trot Flats. That was the name of it. And I never could get those cartoons. It, it had to, it had to do something with their psyche. And uh, I just I'm not built right. I, I said, what does that mean? I don't I don't even get it. And so I became discouraged. And so since then, I seldom read the comics. But people do pass on to me. Once in a while when I'm having a sandwich, I'll look to the comics and, and uh, okay. 
<laughs> so why would you be encouraged that I read the comic? <laughs> okay, well, we're still human. Bill Lamb. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. That can be interpreted as a disciplined mind is actually what that means. So uh, we live, this is a Prozac generation, isn't it? There's half the people of society are on pills of some kind uh, to settle them down or to pep them up or to uh, bend them sideways or to give them something they don't have or whatever it's going to be. And so... Uh, this, uh, this generation is a very anxious generation, I can tell you that for sure. And so we want to deal with the anxious mind. Philippians 4, 6 is our text we want to use for that, uh, and then we'll come back to some other things. Uh, here's the direction from the Word of God. Be anxious for nothing. And uh, uh, I think the, uh, uh, the King James probably says be uh, uh, careful for nothing uh, or maybe vice versa. But the, the thought is the same. And so we want to talk about this morning the anxious mind or the worried mind. How many of you ever worried? Okay. So let's think for a moment about the tendency to worry because man is created with an imagination. The reason we worry is because we have an imagination. God has equipped us with the ability to see and to analyze, or to hear and to analyze, or both to hear and to see, uh, or to read. And uh, as we do that, we begin to analyze and come to a conclusion about what the events are at the present or what they're going to be. Isn't that correct? And so, because we have an imagination, it's a wonderful gift of God. If there was not man's uh, uh, creative gift of, uh, of imagination, many of the things that we uh, enjoy in life uh, as conveniences uh, would not have been invented. It's the creative uh, ability of man through his imagination that gives him that ability. It's a wonderful gift from God, but like the other gift, it can be abused. So... Uh, we, uh, we see certain things happen in life, we hear certain words, or we hear a news program, and immediately our imagination begins to kick in. What if? I had a call this morning. A pastor says, uh, what about Y2K? What about Y2K? What about Y2K? I got asked probably six times this weekend while I was in Tempe. got a call over this one. What about Y2K? What about Y2K? And so, well, what about Y2K? Well, to begin with, you can't understand it anyway. It takes a computer nerd. My grandson says he understands it. He's a computer nerd. He says, no problem. He says, no problem. It's not going to be no problem. <laughs> so what happens to us is that we begin to think about, and, we, and because God has gifted us with this wonderful ability to analyze, come to conclusions, and to foretell, or to forecast, rather, uh, and, uh, and to come up with some possibilities, then if we're not very careful, uh, we, follow, uh, we fall into the business of being anxious about many, many things, and the Bible has a lot to say about that. So let's uh, get a few scriptures in this, sec in this section, Matthew 6, 25. Uh, Don Galati, 
Uh, Pete, would you get for me Ma- uh, Matthew 6, 27 and 28? I want Matthew 6, 31 through 34. Uh, Daniel, if you get that for me, I want Matthew 10, 19. Who is it? It's John. Uh, I want uh, Luke 12, 29. It's Rob Kennard. And I want more, uh, Mark 4, 19. Uh, it's David. So uh, uh, there's some uh, biblical teaching. And in the Bible, uh, it's uh, interesting that there's a great deal of Christ's teaching that locks in on this and a great deal of Scripture that has to do with uh, this, uh, uh, this uh, uh, capability of man. Because you have to understand now that man has fallen. Is that correct? He's not as God created him. He's fallen now. Uh, he uh, is uh, into a world that's cursed. He has a curse upon himself. And the devil then begins to exploit uh, through fallen human nature and imagination absolutely runs wild. So Jesus speaks to this and uh, Matthew 6, 25, uh, along with other scriptures. Matthew 6, 25, Don Galati. He's worried that he wouldn't have the right place. Okay, uh, Jesus says we should not worry about what you worry about the most. He says don't worry. Uh, this uh, King James says take no thought, uh, be not anxious. These are all terminologies. Max, Matthew 6, 27 and 28. Okay, here is, uh, Jesus takes this, puts it in almost an absurdity, and says, uh, which of you, by worrying, can add anything to your height? You can't change a thing. And so why are you worrying about this? Consider the lilies of the field. They neither toil uh, uh, nor worry about this. And yet God clothes them, and he sets this in, 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 in real life. Matthew six thirty one and 34. 6, 31 and 34. got enough troubles today without worrying about tomorrow. So what he deals with there is the overspending of the strength that we have uh, for today. Matthew 10, 19 picks this subject up uh, again. All right, here's an interesting uh, uh, little slant to that. Uh, Jesus says you're going to have persecution. You're not going to be able to escape this because you believe in me. And when you're pulled before officials or uh, uh, or governments, uh, don't don't be anxious. Don't worry about that. You keep your relationship with me. You keep your heart right, and I'll give you in that hour the words that you need to speak. And many of you in this room, you've experienced that very thing. When you're caught in the crises and God would give you wisdom of words to say, the people sitting right here, that that's been given to you. Uh, Luke 2, uh, 12, 29. Neither be of doubtful mind. This word is uh, waver or to be harassed or to tossed about. 
and it's, a, it's the image of an individual that's in total turmoil. Uh, they're obsessed with how things are going to turn out and, uh, and about their future uh, and their ability to, to get by in life. They're, 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 they're seized with obsession with Y2K. Mark 4.19. Okay, and the, uh, uh, the cares of this world, uh, etc., enter in uh, and, uh, and begin to choke the Word of God, what God's doing, and make it unfruitful. Why is Y2K a problem? Why does it worry people? Let's see. Uh, uh, Brian? Okay, and so... Uh, uh, okay, there's a little more to it than that, though. Is uh, Rob? Oh, wait a minute. What did you say? Money. It's earthly possessions, because if you don't have any earthly possessions... Well, moving quickly on, folks, on to uh, something else. Isn't that true? It's if you have a lot of money, that's going to be a real problem. Or you own a lot of property, or you have a business, etc., etc. So, uh, Jeff? Yeah, take no thought is a bad word. Worry is what the problem is. Don't, don't be obsessed with worry about this. And all of us have, uh, have uh, uh, thoughts about where we're going to work. Isn't that correct? If you don't, why, you'll, uh, you'll end up on welfare and the government will take care of you. But uh, uh, everyone thinks about this. So that's a, bad, uh, that's a bad connotation because of the language there. And what he's saying is don't be obsessed with uh, the future, how it's going to turn out. Every one of us has to think. And, the, and the, the ability of thinking through things, uh, as I said before, is this wonderful creative gift of God's brought everything into, into, into place and helps all of us. That's not the thought. Uh, that's not the essence of what he's saying. Don't be obsessed with that. Don't be worried about that. Don't let that cap it. Don't let that be your God. Exactly what it is. How to hand over here. Don't worry about Y2K. You better worry about the stock market banks, folks. That's what you better worry about. <laughs> and the world economy. And so uh, remember what Pastor Mitchell said a couple of years ago? How many of you remember what Pastor Mitchell said? They get your money out of the stock market. It ain't over yet. And uh, I, 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 if I'm not very mistaken, uh, we could very easily, within a couple of years, have the greatest reaping in world history. Because folks will once again... Be desperate. When we went into uh, Argentina in 1989, Argentina was absolutely on the ropes. People were desperate. I mean, you could buy a, a filet mignon this big with all the trimmings for three bucks. You could buy a pair of shoes for fifteen dollars. You could buy a, sh a suit for uh, fifty bucks. I mean, it was wonderful for the U.S. dollar, king dollar. But the people in Argentina were desperate, and we drew throngs to crusades. Uh, then it changed within a short period of time. Within two years. Couldn't draw peanuts to crusades because people again had their uh, their faith in, in in material possession. So it could happen very easily. I'm seeing hands everywhere. So uh, Heidi, you bet. You better be saved and live for God. Yeah, find out where they live because uh, we'll go over there and get some. <laughs> 
<laughs> see, folks don't even think that through. They don't, they don't, they don't think through. Stop, Pilate, I want to tell you, they see you fat cheeks, you're dead, man. So, folks don't think through those things, see. Uh, I, I think, uh, Rob, was it Rob? Uh, who, I saw a hand right here. Okay, Carol. No, it's, it's carving. That's who it was. Yeah, because I'm going to tell you, the water system in Prescott is computerized, and you'll not be able to get a drink of water in this city unless you get a computer right. What absolute insanity. Okay, Carol. So John McCarthy uh, talked to somebody, I can't remember who, and uh, so he, uh, there's an Asian bank in uh, Nakuru, and uh, he had $600 in it. What a missionary is doing $600 in the bank beyond me, but uh, he had $600 It closed down, owned by Asians, and he said they're standing outside in lines, old Asians, weeping, right now. Okay. So let's, uh, let's give a little uh, note here. It's when uh, tomorrow's burden is added to the burden of today, wrote Scottish pastor and writer George MacDonald, that the weight is more than a man can bear. So what we're dealing with is, uh, is uh, the Bible teaching on worry. I need two more scriptures, Psalms 94, 19, right here. Uh, it's Brian, and I need uh, Job 3, 25 and 26, Pete Baker. So the consequences uh, to worry... And uh, these consequences are manifold. We just want to touch on these as we're moving through uh, without getting sidetracked. Uh, Psalms 94, verse 19. Okay, here's the psalmist, and he's talking about thoughts that multiply. That's what, that's what worry is. It's thoughts that multiply. They begin to compound. They begin to steamroll. And uh, one author says worry... Uh, magnifies the problem. You can't think clearly. It can make us indecisive, unimaginative, irresponsible, cowardly, irritable. Worry can cause headaches, stomach illnesses, dizziness, sweating, trembling, rapid heart rate, uh, 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 choking or smothering sensations, and insomnia. All of these are symptoms that can be caused by worry. Job 3, 25 through 26, uh, gives us a little more insight. Okay, go ahead. What happens? It gives you a mindset, and that mindset is bound to fail. So uh, fear begins to dominate. Over on my far right, I want Hebrews 12, verse 3. Somebody like to get that for me? Is Mike Solano. 2 Timothy 1, 7 again. Somebody get that for me. Uh, Richard Hernandez. Matthew 8, 26. Uh, Hugh. Mark 4, 40. Uh, David, uh, in here, Second Thessalonians 2, 2, Jim. I want Luke 21, 26, back in this section right here. Uh, Pete Baker and Luke 21, 34. Uh, it's uh, Adam Harden. So fear begins to dominate. When worry begins to lay hold, the scripture that we have is the anxious mind, Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing or don't worry is uh, the translation. Hebrews 12, verse 3. 
Okay, this uh, faint in your mind is what the King James uh, gives us. And this is an exhausted mind that is uh, overwhelmed with this and finally just gives up, said, I just can't handle it, and I give up. Second Timothy 1 7. Okay, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a disciplined mind. You're going to find that throughout these studies that we're going to be emphasizing again and again and again a disciplined mind. The solution to all of this, we can move through all of it, Second uh, Timothy 1.7, all those facets have tremendous possibilities of pursuit, but what we have is a disciplined mind, a mind that is brought under control and is brought into certain, certain disciplines and mental patterns. And I want to tell you, the older I get, the more I see that people who do not develop healthy mental patterns are headed for bad trouble ahead. When problems come, they can't handle it. And when old age comes, they get worse and worse and worse. Matthew eight twenty six. They analyze the circumstances. As they do, they say, we're going to die. That's what's going to happen to us. Jesus rises and says, why are you a fearful mind? Mark 4.40. There's a little added wrinkle he brings there. It says, why is it that you're so fearful? Where's your faith at? And finally, Second uh, Thess- Thessalonians 2.2. Okay, here Paul writes, shaken in mind, is unsettled, tossed about, put in alarm. Uh, keep, uh, 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 keep your heads, as, as some translations give it, and uh, be not thrown off balance. Other translations give that. And Luke 21, 26. Jesus speaks of the last days and prophecy says that men's hearts failing them for fear of what they see coming on the earth. Luke 21, 34. Cares of this life, says be real, real careful that you don't let your heart be overwhelmed with the worries or the cares of this life. All right, the Bible gives us a blueprint for sound mind. I want in this section right here, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Uh, Dennis, I want uh, Psalms 55:22. Uh, Don, I want Psalms 37:5. Uh, Bill Brunson, I want 1 Peter 5:7. That's Pete Walter. All right. So there's a solution to this, and uh, uh, simply uh, being a believer, uh, simply carrying a Bible, simply coming to church doesn't solve this problem. As with most spiritual issues. There's a part that we play. How many of you know that? There is a part that we play in everything in life, whether this is healing, whether this is a a blessing of God upon our finances, whether this is a blessing of God in our lives, whether this is self-control in our morals. There's a part that we play. None of this is automatic, and there's a part that we play. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, one of the great key scriptures uh, of the New Testament. Don't worry, pray. Go ahead. You tell God 
what it is that's bothering you. Go ahead. And the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. That word guard is garrison. It has the view of a military uh, position where there's something that is of a value and there's a sentry that's put there with the ability to alert and to stand guard and to keep uh, and uh, keep safe. This is, the, this is the idea and this is the picture behind it. And this is one of the great, powerful key scriptures in the New Testament. You need to learn to pray, folks. You need to learn to pray. Incidentally, uh, one of the all-time great sermons I've ever heard was preached by Joe Camel on, fr- on Thursday night of the, of the Tempe rally. And uh, I forgot to bring it this morning, but I, they're going to make copies in the tape room. You ought to get that sermon. It's absolutely uh, a landmark sermon, and it has to do with the, the subject of prayer. And in this scripture says, uh, this is the remedy. Uh, people who are worried, if you don't pray, uh, there's nothing God can do for you. Because when you're dealing with the spiritual realm, you need spiritual help. Can you say amen? When you're dealing with spiritual issues, there must be spiritual actions. And so uh, uh, most people, when they are worried, uh, they do not pray. They call uh, about 14 other people and tell them how terrified they are, and they get them terrified. Isn't that right? Very simple, very profound, and yet... Uh, Jesus said, when I come again, will I find faith upon the earth? Uh, And he poses that question. And here's a Bible blueprint for a disciplined mind. Here we get the picture. It says, if you will pray, if you will put your petitions before God, if you lay this out with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, something will happen in the spirit realm. There's going to be a transaction. And God's peace is going to surround you in a supernatural and a wonderful way and it'll be like a military guard that's placed around your mind. The devil cannot captivate. The devil cannot overwhelm. But God will keep your mind and give you a disciplined mind. Psalms 55:22. Cast your burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be moved. Psalms 37, verse 5. Commit thy ways unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. That means that you are taking the issues, whatever the issue is that you're worried about, whatever your concern is, you take it to God. The Bible says you bring to God and say, God, you reign in the heavens above and the earth beneath. I commit this to you. There's nothing I can do about it anyway. And besides that, I'm not smart enough to do anything about it, Lord. You tell me what to do, I'll do it, but I don't know what to do. And so I'm committing my way to, to you. I'm going to live for you, Lord. And uh, however this comes out, I know that you are going to help and you're going to guide and direct. You're going to make it come out right. First Peter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. This is just a few scriptures in the entire uh, Bible that begins to speak uh, concerning prayer is the key posture that we need to take. The second thing we need to do is fill our mind with the Word of God. I want Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Pete Baker. I want Colossians 3, 16. Uh, Brian Simmons. Psalms 119, 105. 
uh, Owen Maya, Proverbs 6.23, Bill Payson. And so uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. And so uh, pray. Uh, that's, uh, that's the direction that we have. There's a further direction. And that means if you're going to pray correctly, keep a perspective and, and have something inside to reinforce you. You're going to have to fill yourself with the Word of God. The, your mind's going to have to be filled with the Word of God. Job said, I have deemed or I've esteemed your uh, word more than my necessary food. He said, I'd rather read the Scripture than eat breakfast. Can God say that about you? See, I don't eat breakfast anyway. Well, how about dinner then? Fill your mind with the Word of God. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Begin to put your faith and confidence in the Word of God, and He'll bring your ways uh, to pass in the right pathway. Colossians 3, 16. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another with hymns and psalms and spiritual songs, uh, singing uh, in your heart. This gives us a transaction. This transaction means that in your gatherings and you gather together, that ought to be something about what the bulls are going to do. Or the Cubs. Or Mark, what's his face? McGuire. Sickens me to be around the people of God, ministers of the gospel. All they talk about is the latest sports score, a score of what figure, and they never have anything to say about Scripture. Never talk about the things of God. Never uh, goad one another concerning spiritual truth or spiritual things. It wants, uh, it's enough to gag a goat. Moving quickly on now. Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The only way that could be that way is, is not the Bible is hanging up here like a lamp. And so you walk along and say, ah, I've got the Bible for light. It won't be a light for you unless you're into it and you read it and you study it and you think about it, you ponder it, you meditate on it. It will not be that. Is that correct? It is more than prayer. It has to do with the discipline of putting something in. Garbage in, garbage out. Fear in, fear out. If all you do is sit around and talk about Y2K, then Y2K will be your Savior. But if you come to grips with God, all of a sudden there's a, there's a, there's a greater power. How many of you know that, that there's a greater power on earth than, than computers? How many of you believe that? Right? As Pete says, who knows what God's orchestrating the whole thing. So it comes down why God's still controlled. Proverbs 623. 623. Okay, here we have the Word of God. Uh, you cannot, uh, you cannot uh, embrace that or have that as a ruling factor unless you're reading, studying, meditating upon the Word of God. Hebrews 13, verse 6. 
Okay? Relationship with God. The Lord is my helper. Here's something, action that you must do. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Uh, there's a third facet of this. We need to exercise faith in God. This is very, very lacking in the day in which we live. Over on my far right, Psalms 34, verse 7. Somebody help me here. Mike uh, Salama. I want Mark 11, 22 through 24. Mark 11, 22 through 24. Uh, uh, Richard Hernandez. I want Acts 27, 24 to 25. Uh, Don? Okay. Exercise faith in God. All your Christian dynamics, all the outward symbols, the waste of time unless you believe God. You have to exercise faith. Psalms 30, uh, 4 is it, verse 5, Psalms 34, verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth about those who fear him and deliver them. How many of you believe that angels angels are bigger than computers? How many of you believe in angels? That makes a positive statement. That positive statement is that they are acting and they are especially focused upon you and I who believe. And the Bible says if you fear God, that is, you have a healthy relationship, an awesome reverence for God in right relationship, says the angels of the Lord encamp round about you and they bring you a deliverance. Mark 11, 22 through 24. Here's the dynamics of faith. Jesus has just cursed a fig tree. The fig tree died. He gives a lesson for that. He says, have, the, have faith in God. One translation says, have the faith of God. For, verily I say unto you, whosoever he be of you, that will say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says shall come to pass, it shall happen, and so on and so forth. Faith is something that you're going to have to have in life. Faith will get you through. Uh, faith will help you. Uh, when you have faith and you believe God, doesn't matter what you hear or what you see, there's a reinforcing power that will keep worry from your mind. Can you say amen? Somehow, God is at work, and somehow, God is going to make it come out right because His eyes are upon the righteous and His ears are up open under their cry. And a million other scriptures just like that. Bill Payson. You to have faith for yourself and just have faith for your I don't know that there's any easier either or. Uh, what you mean is that you you believe God and so you can have faith for yourself, but they're meaner than a snake, and so you don't have any faith for them. Is what you're saying? Okay. Acts 27, 24, and 25. That's, that's you and Jeff Brown get together to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, the wonderful thing about having a live body of believers is you, you've got to, it, it makes your mind go in every direction. Now, right? You're not just clones. You're walking down a pathway. Your mind gets drawn everywhere because people are alive. Very good question. Acts 27, 24 and 25.
Here's Paul. He's on the ocean. I mean, it's bad news. There's no hope that they're going to get out alive. They know. They, they see these waves. They know. They hear the timbers creaking. They, this thing's going to go down. And uh, it's so bad that sinners are fasting. I'll give you a little inkling of how the tough things were. But Paul had a visitation from an angel of God. He'd been, uh, he'd been fasting and praying himself, and he'd got a visitation from God. And he said, I want to tell you, don't worry. Eat something, because we're going to come out of this alive. And God spoke to me through an angel, and, uh, and, and, and we're going to come out of alive. And no one's going to be lost. The boat's going to be lost, but we're not going to be lost. So don't worry. It's going to come out all right. Okay. So we have to make a decision this morning before we uh, break down into discussion. We have to make a decision that we're going to discipline our mind. That's a decision that only you can make. I make that decision every day. See, I, I, I have a schedule that, uh, that keeps me young. See, I'm going to be 69 years old in just a few days. I whip about half of you. And outrun the rest. And the reason is because I'm alive. But what keeps me alive is right here. I make a decision every day. That decision is that I'm going to get everything that God has for me in life. I read the Word of God. It's a steady diet. Uh, I constantly am making uh, uh, material. I work my Sunday school lessons ahead of time. I have sermons ahead of time all the time. I'm constantly at work, and I'm not, uh, I'm not living on the cutting edge. I don't get up in Sunday morning and say, Oh, God, God, give me something. I've got to preach, Lord. What am I going to preach? When I go to bed Saturday night, I'm ready. I have my Sunday school lesson done, generally maybe a week ahead of time, maybe two weeks ahead of time. I have a sermon already that I've decided that that's what I'm going to preach. I've already got it in the can. All I have to do is get it out on Saturday, put it on card, get it ready where it's a format where I can preach, get up Sunday morning, get my Sunday school, go through all the scriptures, make sure that I don't have the wrong, right, wrong scripture. I slip once in a while, but I, 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 I review that. Uh, get any added inspiration. I've got little notes everywhere that this morning I put and added to my notes, and uh, I'm ready to preach. I'm ready to go. I highlight it, and uh, I'm not living on the cutting edge all the time. I'm ready to roll. I'm filled with the Word of God. Uh, I make this my life. I do this. Now, I could spend all my time golfing. I could uh, spend my time off bitty bopping somewhere. I can do all kinds of things. I, I could have a computer playing with my mouse. <laughs> Dragging up on the Internet facts that are... Uh, that are you. you I get I get folks that they you know they feel sorry for me because I, they know that I don't have uh, I, I don't have computer skills and so they're 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 emailing me and faxing me these reams of garbage that are it's useless. These are stories that are, well to begin with if you got a if you've got a three page story you can't ever use it in a sermon. I don't care how interesting it is. And so what I do is I look over glance over very quickly and it goes into file thirteen. I appreciate those honest folks. It's a waste of time. And I think to myself, what do these folks do all day long? They spend all their time searching the, the computer to get the, some kind of stories of folks. I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I live a drama. You were in counseling sessions with me and on my telephone 
I want to tell you, I'm in the stream of life. I don't need something that comes out off the Internet. And that keeps me alive, it keeps me functional, and it keeps me young. It keeps me on the cutting edge because I make a discipline, I make a decision, I'm going to discipline my mind. I'm at work every day in my office. I'm constantly filling myself with things of the Scripture and the Spirit of God. And so I want to go back again. Let's go back to make a decision. 2 Timothy 1.7, right in this section. I've just discouraged some of you already this morning. Brian, uh, Isaiah 41, verse 10. Uh, Leah, Joshua 1, 5, 6, 7, and verse 9. And I want to... uh, I want to just think for a moment of concerning Second Timothy one seven. Read it to me because here is a, another little facet. We may go back on this depending on what I, where I'm going to go. But Second Timothy one seven. Who did I give it to? Ryan. Power, power. This is divine energy in action. See, God's real. That's all I need right there. God's real, folks. See, this is not this is not a religious elks club. We're gathered together, and uh, we have a little buddy system. We go drink some beer and everything, you know, and we talk about uh, how great we were. <laughs> this is real, folks. I'm talking God is real. I see Him transform lives. I see Him deliver people from demon power. I see Him heal bodies. I see Him work miracles. I see Him working, working. Hallelujah. That's power. God has given that power, and that power works through us. I couldn't tell you how young I feel when I'm through doing a crusade. I'm talking, I'm flying high. I, I, never, did, I never did any LSD, never did any marijuana, never did any dope. But I want to tell you uh, that uh, I'm flying when I come out of a crusade. And, and why? Because God's power has flowed through me, and I see divine power at work. God has given us the Spirit of power. This thing's real. This is present. It's glorious. And it has the ability. That's what divine power in action. When you read about God's power, when you read that word power, this is not, uh, this is not some, uh, 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 some facet off in the ethereal. Off in the, this is real. It's right here now. It's talking about God's power in action. His energy at work through men. That's what God's power is all about. And God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Power changes things. Makes things move in the spirit realm. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Joshua 1, verses 5, 6, and 7. 